Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As we work through with Justin and where he's at with this offense, we know that it's going to take a little bit of time here in this offseason as we get into training camp. And so we're, you know, uh, Andy is the starter. Andy's going to get the one reps. And what we're telling Justin and, and Nick to do is make sure that they're doing everything they can to try to be that guy. And, and that's that competition part. And I know that for everybody, the biggest question is, is when is, is, is that going to happen? When you go up to draft a quarterback um, like Justin, everyone's very excited and, and they want to know when, when, when. And, and trust me, we all understand that. But we need to make sure that whatever that plan is that we put together, that it's the best thing for, for the Chicago Bears. Gus Bears head coach Matt Nagy reiterating Andy Dalton is the Bears starting quarterback with Justin Fields and Nick Foles standing by. I'm Mark Grody with Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, we're going to be all right. And we love talking to. <laughs> Hubarkish, and he is the editor of Pro Football Weekly, Bears and NFL analyst for The Score and Shaw Media. He's a sideline reporter for Westwood One, where I used to see Hub when we used to be allowed on the sidelines. We'll see if that happens again this year. So let's bring in Anthony, our buddy Hub Arkish, into our little Thursday night party here. Hi, Hub. How are you? I'm doing my best to be optimistic, Mark. I think we will be patrolling the sidelines again this year. It, it certainly seems oh. to be moving in that direction. Uh, it better because I have bills to pay. And uh, you know, <laughs> so we'll hope that that's the way it works out. You know, it's funny. It's amazing how that that when we get that little, because I get a little extra chunk of change here and there for my duties during bear season just because I As do more should. work. Right, right. But then you, you come to depend on those those things and and maybe you shouldn't necessarily but you're like i know it's coming i know it's coming i'm gonna make that extra little bit of little bit of cash but hub you do think you think that things will will be relatively normalized this year at nfl stadiums well you know guys i'm I'm guessing like everybody else but but what we're hearing uh is is mayor lightfoot uh, and governor prisker saying that they expect us to be basically back to normal by the 4th of July. Um, 
you know, so even if they're two months late, back to normal means, you know, full stands and, 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 and really no restriction. I mean, I suppose there's the possibility there'll be masks. I, I know I've been fully vaccinated for a couple months already, and um, I, I don't want to upset anybody who may disagree, but I think it's nuts not to get vaccinated. <laughs> and so um, I think for those of us who choose to protect ourselves, there, there's really no reason to assume it won't be. Um, but uh, I, uh, I, I flunked every science class I ever took, so we'll have to just wait and see now uh, if, in fact, the, uh, the medical folks and the experts can get us there. Yeah, hopes are high. You know, we, we see the percentages of fans allowed in attendance rising during the baseball season. So, you know, hopefully the, the populace around the country will just kind of continue getting us there between folks willing to get vaccinated, between the decision makers and the scientists and doctors and all that. So fingers crossed for you, for Gross, for myself, for all of us who, uh, who have a lot riding, I suppose, on how things roll during the fall. Um, a, a lot riding on, on the fall, obviously, with the, the Bears discussion that we are – embarking on here that we love participating in and i i've been you know i've been talking with you hub with you growths about just development and that that term a lot of it specific to the quarterback but then like i was just saying to growths a few minutes ago specific to other positions as well and you know ryan pace the the bulk of his job is assembling the talent and then it's on the coaches to like matt nagy's been talking about a lot here in the week since the draft to coach him up to develop them to have that plan in place I'm curious in, in Hub and in whether it's your discussions with Nagy, with Pace, just your observations of the team, not just with Justin Fields, but just development of some of the young skill position guys overall. Do you, do you get the sense that, that the Bears may be refining their approach to making sure they can, they can get the most out of the talent they bring in via the draft? Because it's been a shortcoming, in my opinion, for the offensive skill. Yeah, I mean, Anthony, we certainly have to hope so. I'll give you what I think is kind of an interesting spin on this because I've been talking to various sources around the league to get their take on it. But but as as we talk about these Chicago Bears, I'm getting a pretty much unanimous uh, agreement, uh, consensus, whatever we want to call it, that this is definitely a better football team than the Bears were in the summer of 2018, you know, where they finished the 17 season. And where they were as they got ready to go to training camp in 18. There, there is more talent for sure on offense uh, on, the, on this football team. And the defense is is every bit as talented. Obviously, the loss of Kyle Fuller uh, hurts tremendously. But, but if Robert Quinn can return to his form uh, that he's had every year in the league until last year, uh, there was nobody like that on that 18 team. And, and, and so um, the talent is certainly there if they, as you just said, commit to using it in, in, in the best way to be the most productive, that it, it could be a very interesting football season. And I think to, you know, kind of not ignore the elephant in the room, they figured out week 11 through the end of the season last year how to run the football. They figured out that that really helped the quarterback. It actually did help the passing game as well, and it certainly helped the defense. So what it really comes down to is if this defense, it's middle-aged as far as I'm concerned, and mm-hmm. if it's middle-aged, they can give you one more year in their prime, and, and, and if the combination of Sean Desai and Mike Pettin gets them closer to the Vic Fangio defense, and for those who don't know it, Mike Pettin and Vic Fangio did work together in Baltimore for a while, so that, that's part of the equation here. Uh, if they get the defense even close to that, if they're that much better running the football, if they don't ask Andy Dalton to be any more than a game manager, um, it, it could be a, a very interesting season. 
what worries me, to be honest with you, is is I just don't think Andy Dalton is very good, um, and and uh, if he if he's asked to be any more than a game manager, if Matt Nagy thinks he's going to replicate the Chiefs' offense with him at quarterback, then we're in big trouble. You know, so uh, I, I think Matt is smarter than that, and, and and I think that's the answer we're all waiting for right now. And Hub, uh, just kind of sticking with this this topic of development for a moment, because we have seen defensive players, like homegrown defensive guys. Like they were talking about homegrown talent on Bears All Access before Grody and I came on here. And we've seen guys on the line of scrimmage, and we've seen defenders at all levels who have developed into consistent quality NFL players. Offensively, we've kind of seen here in Chicago some guys who maybe had nice starts and then sort of flattened out like a Jordan Howard or perhaps even Tariq Cohen. We'll see coming back from the injury if he fits into that. But the last couple of seasons of Tariq Cohen have underwhelmed from where the early stretch of his career were. I'm curious, just looking league-wide, do you see um, do you see any commonality from some of the franchises who are, who are maybe seen as, as some of the teams that do develop their draft picks, their talent at a higher level, and anything that the Bears would perhaps be able to to take from from those approaches that that perhaps has has fallen a bit short here you know anthony it's interesting because there's a distinction there it doesn't necessarily guarantee you a super bowl or super bowls but those are the teams that contend every year Mm. you know when when you look at at, at, how are the packers doing this right now aaron Rodgers, david bakhtiari kenny clark uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, uh, they don't have as much on defense, it's just Clark, but every one of their key people are players that they drafted and developed. Uh, you know, And you look at a team like the Ravens that, that consistently lets players get away and people say, what are they doing? And then they find another one in the third or fourth or fifth round. Uh, you look at the Steelers, uh, mm-hmm. who built one great offensive line after another and are in the yeah. process of trying to do that again. Uh, you look at the Seattle Seahawks, who... You know, most of us scratch their heads at some of the things that John Schneider and Pete Carroll do. But every significant player they've had, these teams, they're they're guys that they've drafted and developed. So it certainly is the way to consistently compete. Then you get a team like the Bucks, you know, that was built half inside and half outside and then, you know, threw in the magic potion of Tom Brady and they win a Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, doing that guarantees you to get to the finish line. But it certainly helps you avoid, uh, you know, not just the 5 and 11 seasons, or now there'll be 17 games, but it helps you avoid the 8 and 8 or 8 and 9 seasons, too. Hold on, I want to go back to Andy Dalton, and, and you said again what you've said all along, that Andy Dalton, in your words, not a very good quarterback. Do you think Justin Fields should be the starting quarterback on September 12th in L.A. against the Rams? Absolutely not. Uh, there, There is reams and reams of evidence and experience that tells you uh, how rare it is for, for a quarterback to be able to step in on day one. Yes, Russell Wilson did it, uh, and yes, Ben Roethlisberger did it. Now we can talk about Tom Brady, who waited a year and a half. We can talk about Drew Brees, who he waited a year but didn't really become who he is until year five. We can talk about Aaron Rodgers, who waited three years. Um, uh, every one of these guys, I mean, there, were, there are other guys who were thrown out there right away, like Matt Ryan, who eventually became very good, but has still never really won anything, and he struggled for three or four years. Um, it, it's one thing to learn from your mistakes, but it's another thing to be able to balance how you handle abject failure 
and how you respond to it long term and how much damage it does to your confidence and your psyche and if it helps you develop bad habits. And, and it's been proven time again. And I guess the, the ultimate example we should be looking at, guys, is, is certainly Patrick Mahomes is the best young quarterback in football right now. He, he's, he's the model. He's what everybody aspires to. Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator his rookie year, and he never got on the field. Uh, he played week 17 because they rested everybody to get ready for the playoffs. Then they cut the veteran after the year. Um, I can't remember if they traded Smith or cut him, but but he's gone. And Mahomes is ready his second year and instantly becomes an MVP. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the exact same thing. Never saw the field as a rookie, but you get him out there the next year. Now, I don't think Lamar Jackson's that good a quarterback either, but he's a great football player, and so the example still works. And, um, the, you know, what's the old expression? Those of us who fail to learn from history are destined to fail. Uh, history tells us overwhelmingly that your odds are much better by not playing these kids. It's not about day one. It's about not playing them too soon, okay? So... If they see enough to say that he's ready day one or that he's ready week four or week seven, okay, go ahead. But that's not what happened with Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky was sitting there. John Fox was trying to save his job. They got off to a horrible start. Mike Lennon had a four-interception game, and they said, what the hell, let's put the kid out there. And we know that it never worked, you know. And I'm not comparing Trubisky to Fields. They're two totally different football players. Uh, I think Fields is a better athlete. Um, uh, I think they have similar arm talent. Uh, you know, we heard a lot about Mitch's tr- uh, accuracy, but never really saw it. Uh, <laughs> certainly, Fields had it on the long ball in college. So, I'm not comparing the two by any stretch. But, but I think history is real clear on this subject, guys. And, and your odds are dramatically improved of being successful when you don't play these kids too soon. You know, and and let me throw this in there, and I realize this is hypothetical, but I, but I truly don't know the answer to this question. If something happened to Andy Dalton where he he gets injured, would would it then? Do you then think it should be Nick Foles <laughs> that is the starter? And and does that mean that Justin Fields game one is he? Let's say that Andy Dalton is healthy. Is is Nick Foles the backup quarterback, or is is it is Fields? You know, Mark, there, there's only two reasons to have Nick Foles here. One of them is that at least pre-June 1st, it costs you money against the cap to cut him. There's too much dead cap money. Um, I think it still is too expensive to cut him after June 1st, but I'm not sure of that. I, I continue to struggle. I have figured out most of what goes on in the NFL, but understanding these, these June 1 designations and exactly how they work is not something I've mastered yet. Um, but the salary cap is one reason. The second reason, however, is that if he is a failure as a starter, and I think it's totally unfair to say that he is, because you know here's a guy who comes to Chicago, absolutely no offseason whatsoever did not meet his teammates until he got to training camp, walking into a new system, a new playbook, new terminology. Yeah, he was familiar with Matt Nagy, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, some of these other guys, Bill Lazor, but, but he didn't know what he was walking into. And then he gets no exhibition season. And, and then he's not getting first-team reps because Mitch is the starter. So, yeah, he failed miserably, but, but he didn't get a fair shot. That, that's number one. People can debate that however they want, and I'm not going to argue with anybody one way or the other. But then I moved to step two. Even if you don't think he's a starter, he has demonstrated he's probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, if the defense is playing the way you want, if the running game is working, and if Dalton goes down early, I think you owe it to the 52 
to go to Nick Foles, but but we've got no inv- no indication whatsoever yet from from Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace what they're thinking, yeah. and it's 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 a fascinating question. And and to be honest with you, Mark, it's funny because I was going to ask Matt that over the weekend, but I knew he wasn't going to answer me, so I figured why burn the question. I'm just I'm just going to wait a little while longer yeah. when there's a chance I might get an answer. <laughs> we all got to pace ourselves with this whole yeah. thing. It's very difficult. Yeah, and that's the thing is, as you guys get to get to address Matt Nagy and at times Ryan Pace and, and pose the questions to them and to some of the players on the Zooms, um, the pacing of even our perception on the outside, those of us who don't get to consistently communicate with them in, in how they bring Justin Fields along, I think pacing is a, a really great word that, that Groach uses there because there is so much rightful and understandable excitement while at the same time internally – the talk of development, the talk of a plan matters. And frankly, what, what gets forgotten in the, the desire that folks have to see Justin Fields right away, part of it is, I think, you know, where Hub's alluding to just the assumption that Andy Dalton isn't going to be good anyway, but then there is also just the, the tantalizing sort of excitement about the talents that Fields brings to the table. But you've got Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and, and, and Danny Trevathan. you got these veterans who are middle-aged, not over the hill, but you know, on that other side of 30 right now, who a lot of money is invested in them to win football games. And so whichever guy puts them in the best position to win is who should take the field and who I think the Bears are claiming will take the field. What would you say, Hub, is the, is the, the temperament of, of how, how quickly they may be willing to, to bring fields along? Because I'm, I'm in a similar boat with you. Like, I'm, I'm not one who thinks they need to immediately rush him out there. But I do think if he proves himself at some point to be the guy that gives them the best opportunity to win, he should get out there. So how how much do you think they will try to slow play that and, and sort of trust their eyes in the process? So, you know, Anthony, here's here's what's fascinating about this right now is that for some reason they have decided to make one of the great mysteries of the world whether Ryan and Matt's contracts expire this year or next year. We just don't know, you know. I know when they signed them, it was clear and it was announced that they would expire after this year, but there's these reports out there that there was an extension of a year for Matt somewhere along the way. It might have been a reward for the Coach of the Year award. I don't know. We can't find, or I can't find out. And I don't think anybody else can either, or we would know because they would have reported it. So, you know, how much pressure is there on them to, to, to win right away? I don't think it's that great. I, I think that they are still in lockstep with George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, but that can change from, from week to week. And, and so, you know, again, the issue becomes they don't just owe it to the, to the locker room and to the other players. They owe it to themselves to try and win as many games as they can. And, and where this does get complicated sometimes for, for, for some fans is at its very core, at every position, I don't know, Anthony, if you'll agree with this, but I believe at every position except for quarterback, football is a game of blocking and tackling. And that's why at almost every other position, I don't have a problem with putting an exceptional rookie out there. Because even if they make mistakes and they need to learn, if they're exceptional at blocking and tackling and running and, and you know skills, then, then fine, they're going to be okay. At quarterback, it's not. At quarterback, it's a chess game. And it takes a lot longer to become a chess master. And, and, and that's why... Even if you like what you're seeing physically for Justin Fields, if he's going to go out there and just miss one coverage a game that turns into the interception or the missed third down that costs you the game, 
you're getting yourself into a deep hole, and I don't think they want to take a chance on that. So there's no magic day. You don't wake up one day and say, okay, now he's learned everything he has to know. But but you do make progress, even if it's in practice, and that's what they have to watch so closely. And, and you know, they're the only ones at this point uh, who know what they're looking for and, and, and probably have an idea of what it would take to get fields on the field. Um, but I just don't see it happening early in the season unless – they lose enough that they say, all right, well, this season's over. Now let's get him out there and let him make his mistakes on the field. Last thing, Hub, what what have you inferred from all the things that have been said about Anthony Miller from Mike Furry and then from Matt Nagy? Can he redeem his Bears career or no? I don't think there's any question he can, Mark. And, and again, this was another one where I know I was in the minority, but I didn't understand why everybody thought it was a done deal that he was gone. I mean, my God, if Javon <laughs> Wims wasn't gone and he wasn't for the same offense, uh-huh. why would Anthony Miller be? You know, Good I mean, point. Anthony Miller cost you two twos and a three. Javon Wims yeah. is a sixth or seventh round pick. It's obviously not something that Nagy and Pace are focused on. Now, that said, if he continues to make the same mistakes and show the same lack of, of focus and concentration and maturity in training camp in the exhibition season, they're not going to tolerate that. They're not going to bring him back. But I think he, he has every chance to make this football team. I think he continues, you know, prospect-wise, talent-wise, to possibly be the second-best receiver on the team. He doesn't have Darnell Mooney's speed, but he's got better size. He's got all the other traits. And, and I like Darnell Mooney. I don't, I don't offer this to criticize <laughs> him at all. But if Miller can play to his ability, now you've got three solid receivers. And what's unique about Miller is that he can play any of the three positions. You know, A-Rob's only going to play two of them, and Mooney's only going to play two of them. But, but you, and, and you're not going to see A-Rob in the slot all that often, and you're not going to see Mooney outside all that often. But you can put Miller anywhere. And, and so, to me, it's much more mental than physical with him. And, you know, we've been around him. He's a good kid. He's, he's not a bad guy. He, he just is he's immature, to be honest with you. I don't know any other way to put it. I don't know if you'd agree. And, and if he can show that this is the year that he's grown up, I, th- I think they'd like to see him make it. You know, you've got him on the fourth year of that rookie deal. It's not painful. What would be better than for him to have a breakout contract year? And maybe that's the incentive. So um, I'm not predicting anything because we haven't been around him enough. Um, but if he has a good camp and if he plays well in exhibition games, I think he'll make Because what else? What are their other choices? Right. You know, and so I think he's got a real shot at making the football team. Yeah, like I said, they, they have quantity. We we don't know what all the quality is with all those receivers that the Bears have right now. And I, I agree. I mean, he has flashes of immaturity, and he is one of my favorite people to interview when we get the chance to. Like, he is an interesting guy to speak with, and I like it. And usually, if I'm interviewing him, that means he's doing something well. So I hope that that is the case for him next year. Hub. Well, and, you know, just yeah, go quick, ahead, my, Let me yeah, just sure. add, I, I, I sure. mean, Marquise Grissom and Demir Bird are going to make the team. We know that. But they are strictly slot receivers, you know, <laughs> and so now you're still only at four. You're going to carry five or six. Who else would you rather have amongst Riley Ridley and Javon Wims and even Daz Newsom, who we don't know much about? So I, I think people need to take a step back and be realistic about this, and, and then it's up to Miller. He's got one more chance. Let's hope he doesn't screw it up. I hope you're right, Hub. Hub, thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. That is Hub Arkish of The Score and Pro Football Weekly and Shaw Media and all his various Bears and or NFL jobs. Always good to talk to Hub and Big Ant. The next time yeah. that we will get to ask questions to Matt Nagy, it will be – they have an OTAs June 1 to 3 and mm-hmm. open media on June 2nd and then another one 
on June 9th. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know that even in 20... No, I'm positive because before 2018, nobody knew what the season was going to be like. How, how often have organized team activities been anticipated from a Bears <laughs> perspective? Nobody even knows what they are. You know, yeah. like, I was like, what, when do you guys get to talk again so soon? Very soon, and um, I, I know we're we're late for a timeout here, yeah. but I I want to stick with a little bears because there's been been some of our our friends and partners on the airwaves here who are who are extremely eager to oh. see Justin Fields start day one, and I, I do want to address that in a little bit more more detail. Just the timeline of of when it would make sense for him to hit the field and what approach the Bears should be taking with it because there's been a lot of of angst about it that I think is, is a little bit overreaction. So I'd love to get, oh, a chance to get into that. Good. Okay. We'll, we'll do our, we'll get to our baseball talk still. Don't worry. But th- this uh-huh. is even more intriguing to me. This is the development. So Anthony Heron <laughs> is going to take down our score colleagues next. Yeah. It's Grody and Heron on Chicago sports radio, <laughs> 670 the score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Morning Show. Mully and Hall here. We're with you every morning on your way to work, live at 5. We've got the day's biggest Chicago sports stories to start your day off right. Mully and Hall, mornings 5 to 9 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And on your device or smart speaker through the Odyssey app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. What percent chance do you think it is that Justin Fields starts week one? Oh, 5% less? I mean, let's say absent injury. I think there's a very, very, very small chance he starts week one. Very small. That's not the answer anybody wants to hear. <laughs> and, and Big Ant, I'm positive that... Danny Parkins, neither Danny Parkins nor Matt Spiegel wanted to hear that, but that's no, that's a guy that's pretty locked in, and Ian Rappaport from NFL Network on the score just a couple of days ago, along with Anthony Heron, I'm Mark Grody, and I know that uh, a, a lot of us have been very anxious to hear those words and at, at least give us the possibility that Justin Fields could start on uh, September 12th, um, but you, sir, you want to just take everybody down at the score, take everybody yeah. down a notch. Do you want to do that first, or do you want to take a couple of phone calls before as a tune-up? It's up to you, Big Ant. You know what? Let's let's uh, let's get to the callers as a tune-up. You, you and I still got another hour and a half to to get into this or any other things or wherever we want to go with this. Yeah, we we hit the phone lines up. All right, because Adam's been waiting. So we'll tell you, we'll do we'll do one call. And then we'll hear Anthony Heron's takedown of everybody at the score. Oh. So let yeah, everybody. And that includes me. That includes me. Let's let's bring in Adam from Griffin, Indiana. Hi, Adam, you're on the score. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So everybody wants to see fields, and you guys are sports analysts. And we know all that. But if you want to hear the word on the curb, we are all tired of this you get you get anthony fields and he's our guy justin start him play him what 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 happened when patrick mahomes got red shirted if you will for a for a season or two he came back and you're like god we, we should have just started him from the beginning where would we be at now the bears got to have some balls and go with their gut and give the guy the pride and 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 Give him, give him the ball, not this this competition stuff. This Bears, just curse. 
if, if you're going to hire a guy like Fields and a guy like Nagy that what, like the RPO and they want to run this offense, give them some running backs, give them some offensive line, and maybe we could win this shit. Okay. <laughs> it looks like you he got He wants to win. <clears throat> yeah, no, he – and he, I guess he would fit into the category of people about whom we were speaking previous to that call. <laughs> and those are the ones that that want Justin Fields, or what did he call him? Uh, Anthony. Uh, called him Anthony, Anthony Fields. Fields for a moment there. Yeah. Yep. You, you yep. Big slid Ant in the Fields. correction. Yeah, very, yeah. very understated fashion. It was good on your yep. part. Yep, Justin. I, I, I thought we were going to get. Some other things might have slid in there, too. In a, I, I, I had a manner. feeling. I just had a feeling we were going to get to a bet. Like, he had that tone. <laughs> like, there was kind of that nervous. It, here's what I'm going to call it. It was nervous anger coming from that man. Yeah. And not not drunk, right. but right. like four to five well, we would beers in. That. I mean, no, I don't want, but, but I do think he'd had him, a few. There's mm-hmm. a difference between drunk and having had four or five. So his in, inhibitions had gone down like let's say they started mm-hmm. at 10 they were at about a six and you yeah. could hear that angry nervous sort of trembling tremor in his vo- yes yeah. yes like there was a like a genuine angst going on there that i thought <laughs> might be building up to a bad word <laughs> and and there it was we just but, made him comfortable let's go with that we just made him really comfortable that, that's all oh yeah we're, we're just your buddies sitting on couches in separate places right now <laughs> Separate parts of the city right now, Anthony Heron and Mark Rody. So, I, I don't think uh, we Brand, need to. Brandon necess- said he caught it in time. Uh, we, we I'm got sure Brandon he did. Claiming he caught him. Yeah. Brand, yeah. Brandon. And, Fryer, and I don't know exactly you know, how the dump button works. I don't know if it can go back in time or something like that. But Brandon saying he caught him. So that's good. Well done, Brandon. Look, Fryer is he is vying for Rookie of the Year at the score. So you know, <laughs> actually, I don't even know if he's technically a rookie anymore. I'm not sure. I mean, he might have too many hours at this point. So uh, n- nobody's a rookie time. at this point. Yeah. yeah too far into the season you're not a rookie anymore you're a veteran you're required to catch such things so all right big ant go on the the i think that that was probably a perfect appetizer to what Mm. you feel you need to say in terms of the angst and the want of many people including several at this here station at the score wanting it to be justin fields on september 12th in los angeles yeah, I think Adam, the caller, was probably kind of the, the poster boy for uh, for what some of the folks here at the station who, who talk about this this quarterback situation with the Bears quite a bit. And I suppose probably the, the Dans, like the Dan and Danny, they're probably the ones who are unsurprisingly most worked up about it because that's how they both roll with some of these things anyway. But I I just I I don't I don't see what the what the benefit would be of the Bears just proclaiming Justin Fields the starter right now or before Andy Field and Andy Dalton has even taken a practice snap frankly before Justin Fields had even taken a practice snap where where you had folks just talking about how the Bears should just should just move on from Andy Dalton already regardless of what was invested in him financially regardless of what was, what was invested in Nick Foles financially they've apparently already moved on from Nick Foles anyway aside from him just still taking up a roster spot but <laughs> right, they're not right. necessarily communicating any thoughts or plans for Nick Foles to really be a part of the offense and even when I was on last week and uh, I'd actually played one of the questions that you asked um, of the of the Bears brass, I think it was I think it was specifically. Oh no, I know what it was. I played back a question you asked Andy Dalton from his introductory press conference, just basically really? about his involvement in the offensive game plan and, and his 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 desire to be the starter and how him coming here was largely due to the the expectation of being the starter. So at least in communication with Andy Dalton, there was there was a. a 
a, a promise made by the team at that point. Now, they're under no responsibility to keep any promise that was made in free agency because Andy Dalton's going to get to cast the same checks regardless. But for Justin Fields to have the opportunity to actually step onto the practice field and into the meeting room and everywhere else that he's interacting with the teammates and the coaches and actually earn the starting job, like I'm, I'm not one. I don't go as far as as it seems like Hub maybe does with it. Like I won't, I won't take any issue if Justin Fields proves himself to be the best QB or at least the best one that gives the Bears an opportunity to to win the games. If Justin Fields is starting game one because he earned it, then I'm cool with that. But I don't necessarily think that the franchise where they're at in the development between the time that that Ryan Pace has been general manager since, what, 2015, the time that, that Matt Nagy has been the head coach heading into, what, fourth season with him in this capacity. I don't necessarily think, because to me, drafting a QB and just immediately naming him the starter regardless is either you don't have anything else invested in quarterback and or you are just simply rebuilding, and so you just view it as naming the rookie day one starter and whether or not that's your best opportunity at wins and losses doesn't factor into that decision. Whereas the Bears, they have a lot of guys, especially on defense, who they've invested major money in because they thought when they made that Khalil Mack acquisition that they were in a winning window. Those defensive guys, they're still cashing those same winning window checks, and they're at a point in their careers where they're looking to be in that winning window. So saying that Justin Fields is the day one starter regardless of anything else, means that you're not valuing winning. But if Fields takes the practice fields and goes into the meeting room and goes everywhere else to earn the respect and trust of his teammates, of his coaches, and just proves himself to be that guy who can give the Bears the best opportunity at victory, then there's no reason at all not to start him. I'm not at a point where I'm just presuming Andy Dalton will be bad enough where that's just the obvious choice for the Bears game one. My prediction would be Justin Fields will start at some point, not too deep into the season. I would guess, just like Ian Rappaport's pointing out, that it'll probably be a long road for him to get to that point. I think Andy Dalton's going to start the first game. But as far as just the overall development of Justin Fields, if he only starts 14 games as a rookie or 16 games as a rookie, whatever it ends up being, He's still going to have plenty of development that takes place from that leading into year two. And frankly, to be able to just kind of watch the NFL game from the sidelines for a game or two, that can be an aid to his development. So to me, if he goes out there and earns it and proves it, then great. That's good for him. It's good for his teammates. But to just name him the starter immediately just because you drafted him in the first round, who does that really benefit? Right. And I I have a, a tweet pinned on my Twitter, top of my Twitter profile, at Mark Grody Sports, that I leave up there for myself, and I think it's a decisive tweet from uh, a quote from Matt Nagy, and it, and it reads the following. Once we know where his base foundation is, and his being Justin Fields, once we know where his base foundation is, we can start to build off that. Then it's going to be about how fast he can learn. What kind of plays and mistakes is he making in practice? It just ultimately goes back to we'll all see it and we'll all know it. So I I think that what Matt Nagy is saying, and I, I started the show by giving some version of this, that is Matt Nagy, his belief is that 
rookies, quarterbacks, typically are not ready to step on that field in game one. However, however, if, if he does pick it up and he is ahead of the curve and they do see it and they do know it, he will start. Now, the chances of that are pretty slim for September 12th, but that does not preclude him from starting earlier or sooner than week 17, as was the plan with Patrick Mahomes, and that was Alex Smith in a completely different roster and a completely different team going in a different direction. So so I get it, but I also <laughs> I get the angst and the want of people saying, put him in. But I really do, you know, and... Uh, but I, I also understand that there has to be some form of, you know, tapping the brakes just a little bit. He's going to be here for the next five years, probably. Right? right? I, I mean. Yeah, yeah. You would certainly assume so at least four years, and you would hope he's in a position where they want to pick up that, that yeah. extra, you know, rookie option year. Option. And there, there was a good question that, uh, that Parkins asked of Ian Rappaport when they had him on for the interview that Brandon played. Uh, the clip that Brandon played when we were coming back from break there, and he essentially asked Ian, what are the examples of quarterbacks who seem like they would have flourished but then were just played too early? And that was the main reason that their, the rest of their career kind of crumbled. And you know, it doesn't necessarily seem like there's a slew of examples of that either. We, we see the examples of the guys who, who seem like they were just going to be bad regardless. The thing is, it's difficult to unsee what you see. I mean, there's guys who, like, you know, David Carr seems to be the main example that people point to of someone who seems like if he was in a better position than the Texans put him in early in his career with an expansion team, then maybe he he likely would have had a better opportunity to flourish. Frankly, in my opinion, I think Sam Darnold is a current example of that as well. I think if he were in a better position than he'd been in in New York with the Jets, I've seen plenty. I saw plenty of it in college, and I've seen a lot of it as a pro where I think Sam Darnold would have proven himself to be a better quarterback up to this point in his career than the position he found himself in with the Jets. So I think Sam Darnold may be tracking towards being that next David Carr kind of example of a guy who his career just never rounds into form because of where he found himself early on. But I think overall it's a good question from Danny, and Ian didn't necessarily have a bunch of examples of it because it's difficult to name those types of examples of something that you can't necessarily disprove it later on if a guy doesn't pan out then the common assumption is just that he didn't pan out regardless of the situation that he found himself in whereas you know if if he's a guy who does pan out then he gets plenty of credit and the franchise gets credit and everything else but if Justin Fields doesn't start for the first month of the season and then takes over from that point forward is that somehow detrimental to his career to his development if he doesn't start for the first half of the season because Andy Dalton's playing well, because the Bears are doing well, does that necessarily negate Justin Fields' development as a football player? It doesn't hurt Justin Fields if the Bears are doing well because the other quarterback, the veteran guy who's been in the league for the decade, for a decade, gives them the better opportunity to win games early in the season because that still needs to be the goal of the Bears in 2021. It can't simply be let's have fun and watch Justin Fields play quarterback for the Bears. It needs to be still about winning games here because this is not a franchise that is either financially or with the age of their roster in complete rebuild mode right now. They're not the Jags. Nope. (laughs) And that's a good thing. That's Anthony. I almost called you Anthony Miller. That's Anthony Heron, (laughs) uh, not Anthony Fields, not Anthony Anthony Miller. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, he is. He is definitely big and Heron. You can follow him in on Twitter. You can follow him on Instagram. I will. I will find a Instagram picture to put up on my story now that involves Big Ant and me. There's a couple. There's a couple yeah, that I can choose exist. from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they exist. I, I will put one up on my Instagram so you can check it out and see all the stupid, silly things I put up on Instagram. When we return, let's just finish off the hour talking football, and the Bears will sure. have a few minutes to do it. Then we'll get into the baseball in the 9 o'clock hour. Along with Anthony Heron, I'm Mark Rohde. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Bernstein and Rahimi, middays, 9 a.m. to noon on The Score. The thing that was slavery here was that the guy hit a home run, made the score, the lopsided score worse. The Twins made a decision to throw at him. He called a 28-year-old man clueless. He said, I would have spanked him. Who the hell are you to be saying some of this stuff? He's got a locker, I've got an office. Kiss my and Larusa, like, my locker all lined up behind me. You're getting clowned in real time right damn now. It's just embarrassing at this point. Bernstein and Rahimi, 9 a.m. to noon on Sports Radio 670 The Score. An Odyssey Station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. There's a lot of players that can get it right in the classroom. And then the second you get down on the field and things are are, are down there on field level, it, it changes. So plays got to be made, right? We got to be able to see the execution from all three of these quarterbacks, from all of them on the field. And, and that's where when, like for anybody that walks out on the practice field or a preseason game and, and watches, you just know, you feel it, you see it. Uh, it's something that you just feel like, okay, yeah, they're, they're doing this really well or they're really struggling. And so that's where there's such a growth process to all of these guys I mean, we're sitting here talking about Justin as a rookie and him learning this offense and what he's doing. Well, it's the same thing for Andy Dalton. He's, he's still learning, too. He doesn't know the timing of any of these wide receivers. He doesn't know the, the, the footwork of the running backs and the, the communication with the O-line. So that's why this offseason will be really integral and important to make sure that they're taking this on and learning. But getting back to your original question, I wish I could have – a better answer other than you just know, you see it, you feel it, and whoever makes the Bears the best team because of what you do at your position, that's what we're going to go with. Mark Grody, Anthony Heron with you here on the score. Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about quarterbacks on the Bears and whoever gives us the best chance to win is going to be the guy that plays. One thing I don't know, Anthony, is in 2017, and this is related to my question to Hub earlier, in that first game of the year for the Bears, if it is Andy Dalton starting on September 12th in L.A., does that mean if they really don't want him to play this season or for the first five, six games, whatever, is Nick Foles going to be the, the backup? Because obviously it, it would seem to go against their plan if Justin was forced into a game. My question is, was Patrick Mahomes QB2 in KC in 2017? Like, was he the guy that would have come in in game one if Alex Smith had gone down? Do you remember? I don't remember for sure. My impression is that he was not early on and then sort of ascended to QB2 late in the year. But, uh, so you think that'll be the case with the Bears then that that it will be somebody not that it won't be Justin Fields as the backup quarterback that he may even be inactive in for the first couple of games in the season and and it, he'd be on the sidelines for just 
for people who don't know how inactive works, he, he uh, would be there. He just wouldn't be right. in uniform. I would, I would hope not. I would hope it's not to that extent or extreme where he's completely inactive. Um, and I, like I was saying, I won't, I won't take issue if he's the starter. Uh, I just, I hope the Bears' approach is as simple as this. Justin Fields will get plenty of reps and plenty of opportunities to prove he's the guy. But until he proves he's the guy or deserves to be that, then Andy Dalton is. And if Justin surpasses Nick Foles, which it kind of sounds like in perception he already has, because, you know, it's almost like a forced effort for them to mention Nick Foles every once in a while, which is a you know far cry from where we were last offseason, obviously, where Nick Foles was the big free agent quarterback acquisition. And a year later, they've, they've apparently moved on from any semblance of that notion. But I think if it's as simple as Justin Fields will get his opportunities to prove it, as they've been saying, and then once either he proves it or, conversely, if Andy Dalton just proves in a, in a Mike Glennon-ish fashion that he just doesn't deserve to be on the field anymore, then either one of those scenarios would put, put Justin Fields in the lineup. But uh, to me, in, in my mind, it, just, it feels like it's that simple as if the Bears stick to that notion. Justin Fields gets onto the field when he's the best guy for the job. And up until that point, they don't need to force the issue. And it just feels like a lot of folks just kind of want them to force the issue before he's he even had an opportunity to prove that he's that he's deserving of it, which I just I don't I don't get why that would be a bad thing to allow him the opportunity to prove that he is deserving of being onto the field, that he is deserving of 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 earning that opportunity to be the guy leading the Bears offense. All right, before we uh, take the break here, I do have to ask you one more very important question. Have I made a a large mistake by beginning my coffee drinking right now? It depends on what time you normally like going to bed. Um, (laughs) You know, like for me, I drink little enough coffee where where the caffeine from a cup of coffee does have an effect on me still. Like some folks who chug, chug like, like a buddy of mine, John Jansen, just a massive guy, an you know, offensive lineman for over a decade in the league and played his college ball at Michigan. Jansen literally drinks multiple pots of coffee in a day. So a cup or two in a okay. day means nothing yeah. to him. Now, to me, right. where I average uh-huh. a cup like every other day, when I have a cup of coffee, I feel the impact. Now, today, like I, I drank coffee this evening, maybe an hour before we got on the air here. So I, I still feel the caffeine coursing through my veins. If you're going to drink coffee at 9 o'clock at night, I, I don't know how much coffee you normally consume. If your coffee consumption is like your egg consumption, maybe it doesn't have that big an effect on you at 9 o'clock at night. I think you're playing with fire. Where's my night coffee, people? Where's my night coffee, people? I know you're out there. Some of the second shifters out there had, or maybe prepping for a third shift. I know I got my night You should probably plan on staying on with Grabber overnight if you're having coffee right now. Would be my, my impression. <laughs> this would be the night to go out with yeah. Grabber, that's for uh-huh. sure. All right, we got we to gotta break. That's Anthony here, and I'm Mark Grody. Let's talk about the Cubs next. They won today. They've been winning. Let's talk about them next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 